your daily podcast on the Iowa Hawkeyes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Hawkeye Nation, to a Wednesday morning episode of the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast, your daily podcast covering your Iowa Hawkeyes on the Locked On Podcast Network. As always, I am your host, Andrew Wade. Excited to be back for another show today. And on today's show, we have our first men in basketball review. We had our first games last night. We're going to be breaking that stuff down today. So our first reviews of the 2021-2022 season, I should say. We also got the new college ball playoff rankings. We're not going to touch on that a ton because it was honestly garbage. And we're also going to talk about Kirk Ferentz's press conference. What did he have to say about Alex Padilla? and also Riley Moss. That's all coming up on the show today. But first, I want to thank you all for making the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast your first listen every single day. You can find the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast for free wherever you get podcasts at, and also on YouTube by searching Locked On Hawkeyes. And also, this episode is brought to you by McDonald's. Proudly serving communities since 1965, McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's an unofficial community center. A big thank you to our friends at McDonald's for always being there. I'm loving it. And if you didn't hear me talk with LaShawn Daniels on Sunday, I highly recommend you go back and check out that conversation. Uh, did a phenomenal job of kind of breaking down the Northwestern game. We also had a little bit of a disagreement on who would win a 100 McDonald's chicken nugget eating challenge. So that kind of sparked, uh, sparked some movement. And uh, we're looking to live stream a 100 100- McDonald's chicken nugget eating contest between me, LaShawn, Keith Duncan has said he wants to do it. Uh, we're looking at getting a few other Iowa football players, so be on the lookout for that. Looking to do that in mid-December. Uh, should be a lot of fun. See if we can't raise some money for for a good cause, something like that. So more to, more to come on that, but just wanted to plug that in your ears. So let's kick it off, though, with the college football playoff rankings. Um, we all know it's garbage. The way they decide to do things is complete bullcrap. How do you rank Michigan above Michigan State? How do you rank Auburn, who has worse wins than Penn State and lost to Penn State over a Penn State team that's not even ranked? Purdue and Wisconsin ranked above Iowa. Now, I understand Wisconsin to a degree, but I do not understand Purdue being ranked above Iowa. Iowa getting almost no love at all. I mean, it is... uh, the only way Iowa is going to move up is if other teams lose. Because winning out this schedule they have isn't going to impress the college football playoff committee. They don't give a crap about this schedule that they have left. Beating Minnesota, beating Illinois, and beating Nebraska, this CFP committee doesn't care. The only way Iowa moves up is with losses at this point. Iowa 7-2, and two, ranked 20th, jumping up two spots. You look at Baylor, who lost. They're seven and two. They lose to TCU. They only drop one spot. Okay. North Carolina State's seven and two. They moved up three spots. Texas AM moves up three spots. I mean, yes, those teams won, but I, I don't understand the CFP committee. It makes literally no sense at all to me. But that's where we are. We're uh, we're listening to a bunch of people who don't watch all the games tell us where. Our teams should play, and that is the sad state of college football at this point. But let's get into something excited, exciting. Let's talk about some women's basketball. The women's basketball team got off to a very nice win over New Hampshire, winning 93-50. to 50. A very good game all around for the women's basketball team. Um, 
definitely some things to clean up. I think turnovers is a big issue they need to work on. Uh, defensively, they played pretty well for the most part, but Kylie Firebach had four turnovers. Caitlin Clark had five turnovers. You can't have those turnover numbers in a game like this against New Hampshire. So playing a little bit overpaced, but nevertheless, holding a team to 50 points is better than their season average last year significantly better than their season average last year. Granted, it was against a New Hampshire team. Monica Shinano, 14 points on 7 of 10 shooting, also grabbed 6 rebounds. Caitlin Clark, 26 points on 6 of 10 shooting, 8 rebounds, 6 assists, and 2 steals. The main person off the bench, so this is something that we talked about with Kyle Huseman on yesterday's women's basketball preview. We were wondering, who is going to be that person off the bench for the Iowa women's basketball squad? It's Kylie Firebach, 26 minutes in this game. She basically... She played more minutes than most of the starters did. Six points, six assists, two rebounds. The former Iowa State uh, transfer, she has done a phenomenal job of stepping in, and she really gives this Iowa women's basketball team another another dynamic and element on the second string unit coming in. Now, we also talked about some of the freshmen and who was going to get playing time for the freshmen. Well, with Sydney Alphatar, she had 15 minutes. Addison O'Grady had 11 minutes, and A.J. Ettinger, Ettinger had four minutes um, so that's kind of the, the the flow, I guess you could say, of of the freshman of that top 100 recruiting class for the Iowa women's basketball squad. Again, not the best shooting night. Shot okay overall when you look at the stats. Uh, 36% from three, 51% from the field. Again, 19 turnovers compared to New Hampshire's 21 turnovers. Not not the best day. Offensive rebounds. Uh, were a bit lacking as well. 10 offensive boards compared to New Hampshire's 12 offensive boards. Um, Iowa does need to clean it up a bit. Not the best day, but nevertheless, that's why you're playing some of these teams who aren't going to be a big, big deal on the schedule, aren't going to be a big issue for your team winning. Uh, so the women's basketball team getting a W over New Hampshire. They have a game coming up. In just two short days, they take on Samford tomorrow night at 5 p.m. So be on the lookout for that. Coming up in a few short moments, we're going to be talking about the men's basketball squad, breaking down what happened there, um, and then also getting into Kirk Ferentz's press conference and what he said about Alex Padilla and also Riley Moss. Before we do that, though, I want to tell you about prize picks because if you are a college football fanatic like me, you absolutely have to try prize picks. Prize picks is daily fantasy made easy. I love this. I know that you will, too. Price Picks is a leader in college sports daily fantasy, and they offer more college football props than anyone in the world. And they offer all the star players of the Power Five, as well as mid-major players you might not have even heard of. They offer any prop you can think of, from yardage to touchdowns, even interceptions thrown. Here's how it works. You pick two to five players, you pick an over-under on their projections, and you can 10x your entry by doing that. And they allow mixed sport entries. Iowa football plus Iowa basketball, you can do that at prizepicks.com. All of our users right now, or all of our listeners, I should say, right now can get a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 when you use the promo code Locked On. So check it out right now. Don't hesitate. Check out PrizePicks.com and use the promo code Locked On, or go to your app store and download the app today. PrizePicks is daily fantasy made easy. And this episode of the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast is brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get a tasty, affordable food item. It is a place where friends and family can come to reconnect, a place where classmates can meet up for study groups, knowing they'll have dependable Wi-Fi and endless supply 
of fresh fr French fries and McFlurries. I personally love McDonald's. In high school, we went there after every dodgeball game and after most baseball games. In college, we'd always go there after a late night out, see who was still out, see who wanted to do afties. And then now, my wife and I go there when we want a late night snack because she's hungry, because she has some cravings, because she is pregnant. So very exciting stuff. I love going to McDonald's, and we always see our friend. We, in fact, our best couple friend out here, we saw them at McDonald's last Sunday when I went to pick up Angie, my wife, a breakfast sandwich and a coffee. So uh, definitely some a great place to go when you want to meet up with some friends, meet up with some buddies. And could I say, did I hear you say Locked On Hawkeye's Watch Party? So check out McDonald's, the place where you can reconnect and refuel. McDonald's is where it's at, and I am absolutely loving it. Thank you all for making the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast your first listen, though, every single day. Again, you can tune into the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast for free wherever you get podcasts at and also on YouTube by searching Lockdown Hawkeyes. So the men's basketball squad did have a pretty good win yesterday, a pretty good, I say, a pretty large win. I should really uh, phrase that a little bit differently taking down Longwood 106 to 73. And we saw a lot from this Iowa basketball squad that makes you excited. Now, defensively in the second half, uh, definitely let off the steam a little bit. And I thought they did not play as well defensively in the second half, mostly from that second unit. But the first half, Iowa came out firing, getting up 56 to 29. Keegan Murray looks like a guy possessed out there. This is a guy who is ready to take over and lead this team. 24 points on 8 of 10 shooting, 3 of 4 from 3, 7 rebounds, and 1 assist. What more could you ask from a potential first-round pick than that kind of performance in only 17 minutes? Again, that's pretty dang impressive. Keegan Murray was showing last night why he has hype on him and also showing that he can be aggressive. Last year as a sixth man, really his job was to be an outlet if needed, to be a backup or tertiary option in the offense at the most and to get the hard rebounds and play aggressive deep this year we need him to expand it on the offensive side of the, the ball and he absolutely stepped up in this game another guy i want to call out patrick mccaffrey i thought had a phenomenal game as well i love how patrick is bringing the ball up the floor I love how Patrick is consistently trying to push the envelope when it comes to the pace of the game. Patrick McCaffrey getting involved several times on the offensive rebound or offensive boards, uh, the offensive glass, excuse me, and then pushing the ball up, getting it to an outlet guy and making a play with that. In 22 minutes, Patrick McCaffrey, 11 points, four boards, four assists. Uh, you got to love when you see that come from him. Only two turnovers. Again, he is a guy six foot nine has skills of a guard, has the length of a forward, and has the athleticism of some of the best NBA players, not the best, but some of the NBA players out there. This is a guy who to watch out for as the number two option to step up with Keegan Murray. A quiet day from the statistics perspective, but I really liked what Patrick McCaffrey was doing. On that note, Jordan Bohannon seems to really have settled into his shooting guard role. Wow, he was on fire. Loved playing in front of the fans, clearly. Six of eight from three. Only shot eight shots. They were all from three. 18 points, one assist, one steal. Jordan Bohannon is never going to be a guy that you need to rely on from the defensive side. But if he can do that, honestly, if he can hit four of eight threes or three of eight threes in a game, that's going to be huge. Iowa needs some of that ability to shoot deep to keep off defenses honest. Outside of him, Keegan Murray, three of four. Joe Toussaint also made a three. I don't expect to see that very often. But we saw some of the younger guys really let it loose. 
Uh, Chris Murray went two of four from three. Peyton Sanford, it's clear that he has the green light to shoot anytime he gets the ball, and he has no fear in his eyes. Two of seven from three, three of ten overall from the field, eight points in his time. Peyton Sanford going to clearly be an integral part of this offense. A couple of things I thought was interesting. Austin Ash got 14 minutes in this game, 13 minutes, excuse me, and Austin Ash didn't did also play in the first half. So even when the starters were coming in, Austin Ash was there. Expect to see him in a few minutes each game this year. Riley Mulvey, a guy who's supposed to be in high school right now, got 10 minutes of playing time, played all right. One rebound, one assist, nothing too crazy there, but didn't look out of place. What I thought was interesting was that Josh Ogundale, or Josh Ogundale, excuse me, did not play at all. And I got a couple DM messages about this. So I wanted to cover that. I don't know what's going on with Josh. Last year, Josh was another guy was another guy that could come off the bench. He didn't get a lot of playing time, but he still showed in in key spots he could play defense. Now, this this team, this Longwood team, not a big, not a overly tall team, not a big sized team. They didn't need a lot of that size. And the fact you saw Iowa played very small ball several times with Chris Murray being the five and Connor McCaffrey being the four. So I think when Fran McCaffrey says it really depends on the game and depends on the matchups. I don't think he was kidding there. It really does. If we are playing a team with a lot of size, if we are playing a team like Illinois with Kofi or Purdue with Travion Williams, we are going to see Riley and Josh get more playing time than what we saw last night. But what I think was interesting was the fact that Riley came off before Josh. To me, that does not scream that there is an issue with Josh. It feels like there is some sort of health thing going off Josh. Now, I'm speculating here. Josh had some conditioning issues last year. He'd worked really hard on that this year. He's been in the offense now or the the, schema, the schematics for two years now. He didn't have the issue he had last year of getting into the country due to COVID. Josh has been in this program. And if Riley has already surpassed him, that's exciting about Riley. Again, as a should be a high schooler right now, coming in as a true freshman, getting key minutes in this game. We'll we'll be definitely on the lookout for that. Um, hopefully hear from Fran McCaffrey on in that regards as well. Uh, definitely something interesting to be on the lookout for, but I'm not sure why Josh wasn't playing. I really do think it has something to do with health. And as we get more information, I'll make sure to break all of that down for you as well. The lineup combinations in this game were quite interesting. Um, starting off, we knew it was going to be Joe T, Jordan Bohannon, PMAC, Keegan Murray, and Philip Abracha. Um, what we saw was that second unit coming in, and they were willing to mix it up a little bit. Another lineup in there was Peyton Sanford, Tony Perkins, Chris Murray, Aaron Euless, and Jordan Bohannon. Not exactly my favorite lineup, but nevertheless, they liked. They were definitely rotating around some of these smaller lineups. Um, it'll be interesting to see how the lineup changes look like when Iowa takes on um, the next opponent as well. Iowa getting North Carolina Central, or sorry, Kansas City in two days, followed by North Carolina Central in a week, and then Alabama State. So we're going to see a lot of these different lineup combinations. We're going to learn a lot more about whether or not Riley Mulvey is really ahead of Josh or whether or not Josh is just injured. We're also going to see Philip Abracha probably play a little bit better. Not that he played poorly, 17 minutes, two points, four, five rebounds, um, but wasn't as involved in the offense. They didn't need him to be involved in this offense. They were willing to go small. They wanted some shooters on the floor, and they're able to get it done without him there. And again, it allows Iowa a ton of versatility because Philip Rocha, six foot nine, Keegan Murray, six foot nine, Patrick McCaffrey, six foot nine. And that length caused a lot of problems for Longwood. So when people ask me, why is defense going to get better, Andrew? 
Well, first off, it can't get worse. Second of all, this team has so much length. When you look at Rutgers and how they defended Iowa in the past, they just used their length to get in passing lanes. It makes up for being out of position a little bit. It makes up for not being as engaged defensively. Just having that length allows you to impact passing lanes that you normally wouldn't be able to impact. Guys like Jordan Bohannon cannot impact passing lanes the way Patrick McCaffrey with his long limbs and Keegan Murray can impact the passing lane. So that does impact it quite a bit. Also, yes, this Iowa offense does make the defense struggle a little bit. When you're going to be constantly in transition and pushing the ball, it leaves you vulnerable sometimes on the defensive side of the ball. But that doesn't mean Iowa needs to be finishing 80th, 90th, or 100th in Kempom's defensive adjusted efficiency rankings. They can still be a top 40 team. And I think what they showed against Longwood is that they had the capabilities of doing that. They need to lock in for a full game. So Iowa getting the W in this game, a big-time win to kind of kick off the season with a young and new starting lineup. Coming up, we're going to be breaking down the Iowa press conference with Kirk Ferentz. He had a lot to say about Alex Padilla and Riley Moss. I want to break all that down for you here in a few short moments. Before that, though, I want to tell you about Built Bar, the best-tasting protein bar on the market today. If you haven't tried a Built Bar yet, you are absolutely missing out. They say it's a protein bar, but it does not taste like one. It is not waxy. It is not chalky. It is not plain hard to choke down. A Built Bar is soft, covered in 100% chocolate, and when you bite into it, you know you're eating something different. It's not just the experience you'll enjoy. It's also the health benefits, though, as well. For a protein bar that's basically a candy bar, you get a low-carb, low-calorie, low-fat, and low-sugar, high-protein protein bar. All the healthy benefits on top of being just purely delicious. And If you've bought Built Bars before and you like them, make sure to check out the website because they are coming out with new flavors every three to four days. So make sure to check out that website often. Go to Built.com. That's B-U-I-L-T.com. And use the promo code locked on, or sorry, locked15, L O C K E D 1 5, and you'll get 15% off your next order. Use the promo code locked15 for 15% off at built.com. And we are back and better than ever. A new web interface for the site or the start of basketball season and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. You know what I'm talking about. It's betonline.ag. Betonline.ag remains my number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Is where I placed my bet on Iowa last night to cover, and they did. So head over to their new updated desktop or mobile website, sign up today, and you'll receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. All you need to do is use the promo code LOCKEDON, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, and you'll get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest. And the easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports, betonline.ag, where the game starts. So we've talked to you about women's basketball. We talked to you about the college football playoff rankings. And we talked to you about men's basketball. It's now time to turn our attention to Iowa football. With the game looming, we have a lot to cover this week. And I want to remind you that we are going to be joined by Alice Padilla's quarterback coach, Tim Jenkins, on the show tomorrow, breaking down what he saw from Alex's game how Iowa can run an offense around Alex. We're going to be talking about all that on tomorrow's show. So be on the lookout for that. On Friday, we have a crossover episode with Daniel House. You can follow him at Gophers Guru. Does a tremendous job covering all Minnesota sports. He came on the show to talk about Minnesota and what he expects in this football game. He does a great job of not just watching Minnesota's tape, but also watching Iowa's tape and figuring out how do these two, how do these two teams match up. So definitely check out his content. But he's going to be coming on on Friday. Uh, we'll make sure to drop that as well. So lots of fun stuff coming on the show this week, and I appreciate you all tuning in nevertheless. So Kirk, 
Uh, let's get to injuries first. He did say, if we were playing tomorrow, Spencer Petras, Mason Richmond, and Terry Roberts would not be playing. He said Riley has a good chance to play, and we'll see how this week plays out. But those are probably the four most notable injuries at this point. We'll see where that all goes. He also mentioned Cody Ince. Um, he said Cody Ince is actually healthy. He didn't get a chance to really talk about it. Um, he said Cody last week, kind of dicey. But right now, based on today, it looks like he is ready to go. So in terms of injuries, we are missing our number three corner. We are missing our starting left tackle. We are missing our quarterback one from the start of the season. But we are getting back one of our starting guards. And we're getting back Riley Moss the best corner in college football this season. What does that mean? Well, defensively, having Riley Moss back is going to be huge. Um, if you, When you hear our conversation with Daniel House, he had mentioned the fact that the way teams have really beaten Minnesota is by playing a lot more man. Iowa has not been able to do that incredibly effectively this year to this point. So it'll be interesting to see with Riley back, will they play man? Will Riley Moss line up on Chris Ottman Bell and can he go and handle him uh, Chris Ottman Bell, an NFL prospect, will he be able to handle him or will they put Matt Hankins there or will they stick back in their traditional cover two uh, zone? Daniel thinks if you want to win against Minnesota, you probably need to play man defense. So it'll be, it'll be really interesting to see how that all works out. Now, Jamari Harris will be the number three corner for sure. Uh, special teams obviously is going to be impacted by the fact that Terry Roberts is not there. A huge loss nonetheless. The biggest loss, though, that we have is Mason Richmond. Mason Richmond was beginning to come into his own. He was putting together a very nice performance against Northwestern. And now where that leaves you is you have Jack Plum at the left tackle spot. Anybody who's listened to the show knows I have not been overly impressed with Jack Plum's play. I would love for him to prove me wrong. I'll be the first one to come on here and say, you know what? I was wrong. But we have seen a lot of Jack Plum the last two years, and I have not been impressed almost any single time that I've seen him play. And it was addressed, what do you do at that tackle spot? Now Tyler Ellsbury steps in on the two deeps. He is the next tackle up. And they asked him, is there a possibility maybe you slide a few guys out? This is something that Kirk Ferentz talked about not wanting to do, talked about wanting to be comfortable with the top five he has and comfortable with the positions those guys are playing. But he said it's absolutely a possibility with Cody Ince. All those guys are Tyler Ellsbury, Connor Colby, could all slide out. You hate to take a guy who was in his first year playing and move him around too much, didn't seem to have a problem in camp, Keep all options open until we get this thing settled down a little bit. It's sad that we are nine games into this season and we do not understand who is our starting five. Now, I know losing Mason Richmond makes that difficult, but how do you not know who your top five guys are? And the fact that we are still trying to figure it out is a bit concerning. And I wouldn't be surprised if Jack Plum struggles, which he very well could against a very strong Minnesota defensive line, or if Nick DeYoung struggles, which he also very well could. I mean, these guys are they are going to be put to a test against Minnesota's defensive line. It's a great time to have a career day. If not, we could see Connor Colby slide out. We could see some Tyler Ellsbury. This Iowa offense clearly needs the offensive line to even remotely protect them to be able to move the ball, as does any offense. We cannot afford to let Minnesota feast on a first-time starting quarterback at home. So that's going to be really important to watch as this game all kind of plays out. I'll definitely be monitoring the tackle situation. And as we talk about Daniel House, those defensive ends from Minnesota are a bit scary. So be on the lookout for that. He also had a lot to say about Alex Padilla. Um, he made a couple interesting comments. He said, right now, Spencer is not practicing. Deuce has to be ready, and that's his task. And it's pretty simple. The medical part of it, or at least what you guys can 
and can't di do dictates what we're going to do. We have to prepare mentally. Alex is going to be the starter, and then Deuce will back him up, and we'll see what we can do with Spencer. He said Spencer is medically cleared, but not practicing. That's a bit interesting to me. Basically, uh, all medical is check out. He's healthy-ish, but he just can't throw the football very well right now. Um, we're in a really interesting situation, and Kirk Ferentz has to uh, tread very lightly with the situation to be respectful to both to both quarterbacks and to his team and to the success of his team. And I think this really is an opportunity for Alex to step up and he even mentioned as much. And he said, Alex is one of the two guys competing for a spot. Yeah. Alex is helping himself or helped himself Saturday. So the good news as we stand here today, which is really premature, we have two guys that have played pretty well. We know more now than we did a week ago. That's for sure. And I'd love to have both guys healthy, ready to go see where it all goes here. Basically, Kirk is leaving it up. If Alex plays well against Minnesota, Alex is our starter the rest of the season. It's, if Alex craps the bed against Minnesota, we're back to square one. What do we do here, and why did he crap the bed against Minnesota? This is a very big test, and arguably a test of his Iowa football future. This is a test to see if he can claim that starting quarterback job now and going into next season. And as we know with quarterbacks, once you are the starter, it's tough to unseat you, especially in this Iowa Hawkeye squad. We've seen people transfer out after they've been unseated. Um, so this is a really interesting storyline that we're going to constantly be keeping up with the rest of the season. So be on the lookout for that. Again, just to remind you, we'll be joined by Tim Jenkins tomorrow to break down Alex Padilla's tape. Super excited about that. You're going to love Tim Jenkins' analysis and insight. Um, be on the lookout for that. And then on Friday, we are doing our crossover episode with Daniel House covering the Minnesota Gophers. I want to thank you all for tuning in to today's episode of the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast. Make sure to check out the Lockdown Big Ten podcast hosted by Nate Dickinson, breaking down all the news and notes across the Big Ten. And I want to thank you all again for tuning in. Have a phenomenal Wednesday. And as always, Hawkeye Nation, let's go Hawks.